0: are listening to the sermon audio podcast from heights baptist church in alvin texas for more information about our church you can find us at heightschurch.org hi welcome my name is lee and i'm the lead pastor here at heights and thank you for joining us this morning in a time of worship You know, as we're having to practice being physically distanced from each other right now, I'm glad that we can gather together socially through this way. And so if you already haven't done it yet in our service, uh, go on in the comments section this morning and say, good morning. Hey, I'm here. Good to see everybody. Uh, That's just one way we can greet one another. Uh, As that's happening, if you are a guest with us today, and this maybe is your first time joining us online, uh, we would love for you to connect with us so we can connect better with you. And the way you can do that is in the description of this post will be a link that you can click that will give you a digital connection card uh, that you can fill out. That way you can uh, let us know who you are, we can let you know a little bit about our church and what we do, and then ways we may be able to pray for you this week, and we would love to do that as a ministerial staff. You know, As we get started this morning, I want to say thank you to our staff, and I want to encourage you to do the same. You know, our staff in the last week and a half has had an incredible challenge put before them. Uh, they have had to really figure out how to take everything we do as a church and go all online. And in just a week and a half, we've been able to get our worship services online. We have our life groups meeting digitally. We have all of our uh, children's programming now with our preschool and our teen kid activities online. Our youth group has activities online and lessons online. And I, I that is a lot to ask in just a short period of time. And I believe they have done a fabulous job because just like you, We have our own personal challenges in our own homes. We're having to make all the personal adjustments you're having to make as well. And as you are also having to adjust at work, we're having to adjust. And so I want you just, if you don't mind, reach out to them this week or maybe this morning and just say thank you. I'm very proud of them and I know you are as well. You know, as things just continue to change around us and we really don't know what tomorrow holds and what's going to come out as far as a new policy or a new restriction. uh, Here's a commitment I want to make to you and I want you to make the same commitment. My commitment to you is this. No matter what challenge we're going to be presented with, we're going to continue to figure out a way to get the word of God out. See, I don't believe right now, even though we aren't able to meet here physically and I'm standing in an empty room talking to a camera that our church is closed. No, we are very much open. We are very much alive. We are finding new, innovative ways of getting the word of God out. And here's our commitment. No matter what comes, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to find ways to get the word of God out. And I want you to commit the same way. And I want to remind you, though. Well, you're out and about when you can and, and in a safe area, uh, still talk to people. You know, I, I had two trips to the grocery store I needed to make this week and standing there in the checkout line just was able to talk with some folks and was able to invite four people to watch our church online this week. And so I hope they're watching out there. But this is still a time that you can invite others to come into our church here in this space. And so as we get started this morning, let's open in a word of prayer together. So I'm just going to encourage you to bow your head and close your eyes where you are, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for what you do. Lord, I, I thank you that in every moment that we have had this past week, you have been in full control. Lord, you have seen us through things that we know have been challenges. Lord, you have protected us in ways that we don't know we've even been protected. God, you have supplied what we needed in ways we can see, but Lord, in ways we can't see. And Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for this moment that we get to open up the word of God where we are together In this way, and we ask that the Holy Spirit will work in us. He will work in my life. He will work in the lives of those that are watching. That, Father, during this time, we can grow in our faith. We can see revival in our land. We can see people coming to know Jesus. We can see you being worshipped. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible with you, I'm going to invite you to turn it on or to open it up to Matthew chapter six is where we're going to be this morning in Matthew chapter six. We're continuing a series that we started last week called Jesus is greater. Last week we said Jesus is greater than our problems. And you can find that uh, service on our Vimeo church page or our YouTube church page or there at our website. And this week, we're going to talk about Jesus being greater than our worries. Jesus being greater than our worries. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. There is a gentleman by the name of B.B. McKinney. Uh, You may have never heard the name, but I'm sure you've probably, uh, if you've been in church for quite some time, have sung the hymn he wrote. See, B.B. McKinney in 1932, in a period of time of economic depression in our country, wrote a hymn. And here's the chorus to that hymn. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches over his own. He must prevail. He cannot fail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know... In life, I've learned this lesson. You cannot always control what happens to you, but you can always control your response. You know, in life, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, shows you the folly of what it means to try to worship God and worship money. He says it's impossible. And then in verse 25, he transitions and he starts to talk about the topic of worry. Let's pick up in verse 25. Jesus says this Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? I love the end of that verse, don't you? I mean, look at that question. Is that not a timely question that Jesus asked? I mean, he just asked right there. The end of verse 25 is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. What has you anxious today? What has you worried? You know, I was thinking about that verse and that question and, Let's think about everything we're going on in our society right now. And and this kind of popped in my mind saying, so, you know, three weeks ago, we wouldn't have been worried about toilet paper. That wouldn't have crossed our minds. Wouldn't have crossed our minds to be anxious about a roll of toilet paper. But now we're a people that's saying, Do you have a square to spare? You know, do you have three squares or two squares or one square? Can anyone spare a square? We're having to go to our neighbors. We're having to go on Facebook and say, look, I need some squares. Does anybody have any to spare? We're anxious about toilet paper. We're worried about that. Three weeks ago, we wouldn't have been. Is life not more than food and clothing? What has you anxious today? See, Jesus says in verse 25, don't be anxious or your translation. If you have an NIV may say worry. Now that word worry and anxious is the same really Greek word. And it means this, it means to have a a divided mind, to be distracted. See, what happens is when I have a divided mind or I'm distracted, I, I have my mind on worry. At the same time, I'm trying to worship and follow God. God says, don't be worried. Don't be anxious. You know, it's interesting that that word really appears six times through just these few verses from verse 25 down to verse 34. You're going to see it six times. It's a major topic. But when we talk about worry, let's think about the difference between worry and concern, because those are two very different words. So you can be concerned and not worried. See, I believe right now we need to have legitimate concern. You need to be concerned about where you go. You need to be concerned about who you're with. You need to be concerned about your neighbor. You need to be concerned about a parent or a friend, that you are concerned you are checking on them. We need to be concerned about practicing social distancing. You know, when we are concerned, we can have legitimate concern. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, it's it's okay to plan for the future. It's okay to plan ahead. That's having legitimate concern. But concern can turn to worry really quickly. And how do we know the difference between just being concerned and being worried? I love the way Tony Evans puts it. He says, worry is concern gone haywire. I'll say it again. Worry is concern gone haywire. See, you are worrying or you're anxious when the problem's keeping you up at night. You're worried, you're anxious when that blood pressure rises every time you start thinking about it. You're concerned or you're worried or you're anxious when all you can do is think about that problem and you are stressing about it. Maybe you're stress eating. Maybe you're having panic attacks about it. It's taking your focus off of God and it's putting it on the problem. And Jesus says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Now, how do we do that? How do we stop worrying And start seeking God. See, that's what I believe Jesus is calling us to do. He's saying, stop worrying and start seeking God. Stop worrying and start seeking God. How do we do that? Well, I love what Jesus says next because it's immensely practical. So let's pick up in verse 26. Jesus is going to say here, remember that God cares for you. We need to remember that God cares for us verse twenty six he says, "Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin." Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow's thrown into the oven, will he not so much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Look at what verse 31 says. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? You know, I want you to think about what Jesus just said there. Because he said, God cares for you. See, you can stop worrying and start seeking God because God cares for you. He gives us two ways to show us how God cares. He first says, look at the birds of the air. God cares for them. The Bible says that uh, God knows when each bird falls to the ground or a translation that you may have says it hops. He cares for the grass. God makes provisions for them. Now, when you see birds, you don't see birds just, you know, sitting there in the tree or on the telephone wire with their mouths wide open. What do you see birds doing? You still see birds flying around. You still see birds looking for food, but God's putting it there. Even the grass of the field, it's not sitting there just inactive. When it rains, all that root system is sucking up the water. But who provided the rain? God. And I want you to listen right now. And and maybe you want to just turn your TV up or your iPad up or your computer up just for a moment. I know there is a lot to be worried about. I know this is an anxious time and it's easy for us to take our eyes off of God. But when worry starts, I want you to do something. Here's what I want you to do. And I know it's going to sound silly, but I promise you it'll work. When worry sets in this week, stop what you're doing, find the nearest window, and watch nature for a few minutes. Now, I know that sounds silly, and you're thinking, oh, Lee, come on. But I'll tell you, it's worked in my life quite a bit. Uh, There have been times that I have suffered with panic attacks. I've had three really noticeable panic attacks that I can remember within the last few years. I had one recently... Before I did a funeral here, it was the day of the funeral, about an hour before. There was a couple of emails of things I got that I was going to have to deal with after the service. I already was carrying other burdens and stresses that day. When I saw those emails, it kind of set me off. It was one more thing on the shoulders that I didn't want to carry. And I was heading home to change. It was about an hour before the funeral started and and the panic attack set in. And I walked in and Sandra just knew right away something was up. And she said, what's going on? And I said, I'm, I'm having a panic attack. She said, what do you need to do? And I said, here's my phone. I'm going to give it to you. You come get me in 30 minutes. I'm going to go back to the bedroom and I'm going to pray. And what I did in the bedroom for about 30 minutes was I stood there at the window and I prayed and I looked out in my backyard And I looked at the squirrels running around. I looked at the birds. I looked at that grass. And I prayed through this passage of scripture. I said, Lord, you've got to settle my heart. You've got to settle my mind. Because right now I need you to do those things. And I don't want to sing like that simple. There may be some anxiety issues that uh, you deal with that you need further counseling on or, or medication on. And I encourage you, if you need counseling, someone to talk to to seek that out. But let me just say on a, on a practical level, there have been times when I can feel worry creeping in on my life. When I can feel that stress coming in, I'll stop what I'm doing. And just even there in my office, I'll, I'll stand there at the window. And I'll watch nature for a while. I've been known to even pull the car over on the side of the road and just get out and just watch the field. So if you pass me in town you can, and you see me standing there, you might think, well, either Lee's out of gas or he's worrying again. But you may find me there. But I want you to just put that in practice this week. When you feel that anxiousness build, you feel that worry start to take hold of you, stop what you're doing. Do what Jesus says. Look at the birds. Remember what God has said. You are more valuable than they are. Now, if you stop and think about it, God loves his creation. I mean, God made all his creation. And when he made, it, he said it was good. Colossians 1 says that he's holding all things together. He's literally got the whole world in his hands. And God loves his creation, but he loves you more because you're made in his image. He sent Jesus Christ into this world to die for you. He sent Christ into the world to take your sin upon himself. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are made new. You're a new creation in Christ. He's now adopting you into his family as his son and his daughter. He takes care of his kids. And so this morning, Jesus says, stop worrying and start seeking God. Worry does no good. Verse 27 says that. And by which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Someone put worry this way. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it takes you nowhere. So if you find yourself anxious, you find yourself worried. What are you to do? How are you to respond? How do you stop worrying and start seeking God? Well, I want you to notice what Jesus says in verse 32, because he's going to say here, stop this and start doing this. He says, verse 32, he says, for the Gentiles seek after all things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Verse 32. Jesus is going to encourage you not to respond this way to worry. He says in verse 32, there's a way that the Gentiles respond. Uh, Your translation may use the term pagan. Simply what that word means is somebody that doesn't follow Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. He says that non-Christians worry in a way that they're seeking after all those things, clothes, food. They're, they're seeking after money. They're worried about all that stuff. He says, Don't respond that way. Don't 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 get all you know anxious about those things. God cares for you, God loves you. And then I love the way he puts the end of verse 32. He says, your heavenly father knows you need them all. Your heavenly father knows you need them all. I want you to rest in that verse this week. This week, I want you to remember that verse, that God knows everything you need. We were taught in the Lord's Prayer earlier in chapter 6 to pray that God would give us our daily bread. God is a God who supplies what you need, and He'll give you what you need. He knows those needs. Rest in that right now. Rest in that when you get anxious, when you get worried, when you get stressed about that problem that just seems so big that you can't take care of it. You know, I think it's interesting when we get worried and stressed and anxious about all our problems. Essentially, what we're saying is our problems are bigger than our God. But if we'll remember that our God is bigger than our problems, that'll help us in this moment. And so Jesus is saying, stop worrying. Start seeking God. So See, I, I love what Christ is doing here. He's not minimizing our issues. He's not minimizing our problems. He's not minimizing our stress. See, I think he would do that if he just said, stop it. Right. if Jesus just said, stop worrying about everything and walked on about his business. Then I I think that would communicate a level of not caring. But what he's doing is he says, here's how much I care for you. I'm going to call you to stop worrying. I'm going to remind you how God cares for his creation. But I'm going to give you something to do. I'm going to tell you the key of how to get rid of that anxiousness. And he says it right there in verse 33. Here's what you and I need to do. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God means simply this it's the rule and reign of Jesus in your heart. Kingdom of God means that you're seeking God's affections, you're seeking God's love in your life as a priority, you're seeking him. And you say, God, I want you to rule and reign in my life. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That you've essentially signed the title deed of your life over to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You rule and reign in me. And I'm going to love you with a passion. I'm going to seek you. And that word first is important there because it means of first importance. I'm going to seek you, God, of first importance. But notice, not only are we seeking God, but we're seeking to live rightly. He says, seek his kingdom and his righteousness. We're seeking to do what the word of God says. You can start in chapter five of Matthew and read through chapter seven. That's what we call the sermon on the mount. You can see a lot of practical ways that we are to live as believers in Jesus Christ. We're to seek his righteousness, right living. You know, when you think about this time we're in, I believe it's a a time that God's doing and will do great things because I'm amazed at what God's done in the last couple of weeks. See, for many of us, we would sit there if we were honest and say, you know, I I need more time. I just in my daily prayer, you know, life, my daily life, there's there's no way I have time to read my Bible. God said, okay, I'll give you time. I'll put you at home. You may say, you know, I I don't have time to worship you, God. I don't have time to pray. God said, okay, I'll give you time. I'll take away your sports. I'll take away your movies. I'll, I'll put you in your house for a while. I'll slow you down. If that's what you want, I'll slow you down. And I believe right now, you need to not waste your quarantine. Don't waste your slowdown because literally that's what God has done. God has said, I'm clearing the church calendar. I'm clearing your personal calendar. I'm bringing the families back in homes. I'm putting you back in homes. And I believe right now what you and I need to do in this moment is stop worrying and start seeking God. We are prime for that. And so here's ways I've been praying, and I encourage you to pray along with me. I've been praying for revival of marriages. If you have a marriage right now that you're struggling in, I've been praying that God would revive marriages within our church. I'm praying right now that we would see parents and kids connect in a way closer than they ever have been before. I'm praying for you moms and dads to be able right now during this time to take some of those resources we're giving you and lead your youth in them, lead your child in them, become that primary teacher in your home again. Of the Word of God. I'm praying right now for Christians who have been distracted by everything else going on in the world leading up to this point, that now's the time they get centered and focused back on God. I want to encourage you to pray with me in that. Let's pray that God would do a great work in this as we make the commitment to seek Him and His righteousness. So this morning, I want to encourage you to take two steps of faith. Number one, the first step is to stop worrying and start seeking God, start seeking his kingdom. Now, you might think, well, how do I how do I do that? How, how do I practically start seeking his kingdom? Well, one way is through reading the word of God. Listen, you're not going to know God and you're not going to know his kingdom Without knowing his word. And so what we're doing as a church right now is we're having a, a going through a Bible reading plan. And it's through the letters of Paul in the New Testament. You can pick up with us and start that this morning. This morning our reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and chapter 5. What we're going to do is put a link in the description of this post to that Bible reading plan. And you can click that link. You can catch up if you'd like to. Or just start right where we are. But make a commitment. Listen, I got a little more extra time on my hand. I'm going to start reading the Word of God. So here's what is going to happen. When you finish that episode of Netflix, and Netflix says, are you continuing to keep watching? You say no, and just spend a few moments in the Word of God. Set aside more time for prayer right now. That's ways you can seek the kingdom of God. And as you're committing to do that, Let me say this morning to those of you that have yet to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let me just speak to you honestly and lovingly for a moment. And maybe you want to just turn your TV up just a little bit more or your computer or iPad, wherever you're watching it from. This morning, if you're not a follower of Christ Jesus, coronavirus, clothes, job issues, health issues, That's not your greatest problem. You this morning need to be anxious. You need to be worried about your eternal soul. Because I believe the Bible says there's a heaven and there's a hell. And those that are in heaven are those that, like me, are sinners. We're not always right. We at times are hypocritical. We don't always do things that we ought to do. And that's what the Bible calls sin that we have violated God's law. We've not always loved God or others the way we should. But what makes us followers of Jesus Christ is when we sin, we go to Jesus and we ask him to forgive us of that sin. See, the Bible says Jesus did everything right, that he was fully God and he was fully man. So when he died on the cross, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he took our sin upon himself. And now those that have placed their faith, their trust in Jesus, we get his righteousness. It's an exchange that's made. And I'm going to call you to make that exchange, to give your sin to Jesus, to get his righteousness, his forgiveness. And so those that are in heaven today are those that have made that commitment. Those that are in hell for all of eternity are sinners, who, just like me, sin here on this earth, didn't always do what they were supposed to do, didn't always love God, didn't always treat people the way they were supposed to be treated. But the major difference was this. When it came to Jesus, they said, no. They said, I'm going to find my own way. I'm going to take my own path to God. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't need Jesus. They essentially said, when Jesus said in John fourteen 6, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, no one comes to the Father but through me, they said, Jesus, you're wrong. But I want you today to change your eternal destination. And here's how you can do that. Here's how you don't have to be worried about your soul. Here's how you don't have to be anxious about where you will be when you die. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You can do that right there where you are today by giving your life to Christ. You don't have to be in a church. I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life one night in my bedroom when I was the age 14. And right now where you are, you can say, Jesus, I'm ready to be a follower of you. I'm ready to follow you in this life and seek your kingdom. I'm ready to have a relationship with God now that's going to last for all of eternity. And Jesus, I'm going to trust that when I die, you're going to take me to heaven to be with God. And so if you're ready to do that, I'm going to invite just everybody watching where you are to close your uh, eyes and just to bow your heads with me. And I'm going to first encourage you to pray with what's on your heart. Maybe this morning, for many of you, you need to lay down your worry. You need to lay down that anxiousness and just talk quietly right where you are, honestly, to God. Say, God, here's what's been stressing me this week. Here's what I've been worried about. Here's what I've been anxious about. God, I'm I'm putting that down. I want to start seeking you. You talk to God in that way. You make that commitment to be in his word this week. You make that commitment to do what he's calling you to do right now. But let me address those of you that may be ready today to start a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray a prayer. And now the Bible says it's what we believe in our hearts that matters. But what we believe in our hearts, we talk to God about. And the way we talk to God is through prayer. And so I'm going to voice a prayer that you can pray along with me. And today you can start that relationship with Jesus. I love what Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's not going to put you to shame. God's not going to turn you away. So if you're ready today to start a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can simply pray, dear God. Today. I'm ready to follow Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner and that I need Jesus. Today I give my life to Jesus and I'm ready to follow Him. Father God, I pray this morning for the prayers that are being prayed in homes, maybe as families, as individuals, Lord, I pray that during this time, as believers in Jesus Christ, we know we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control our response. Father, help us to lead out in this way and not to worry, but to seek you. And so, Father, I pray for the revivals we are praying for in marriages, in personal lives, in Bible reading, in prayer. Lord, help us in this time to seek you, to draw closer to you and your righteousness. Father, pray this morning for those that prayed for the very first time to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we want to rejoice with them. We want to encourage them in their faith. We thank you that the word of God says that when we come to you, Father, when we cry out for salvation, you don't turn us away. Lord, thank you for that promise. Thank you for the way you provided for us this week, the way you will provide for us in the weeks ahead. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let me encourage you this morning. If you prayed that prayer with me to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's time to let somebody know. That's what the Bible says. We don't keep our faith private. Uh, So message us here at our church page. Or maybe you just put in a comment. Look, I I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior today. We want to follow up with you because we want to help you take your next steps of faith as a believer in Jesus Christ. We want to thank you all for participating in worship this morning. I want to encourage you to use your voice as this service ends by clicking the share button on this post, and that will share to your personal Facebook page. I know that seems like something simple to do, but it is powerful. Last week, 104 of you shared our worship service. That means it's going out right now to thousands of people on Facebook. You don't know the impact you may have by simply just clicking share. So thank you. At the end of this service, the post will save, and you can share to your Facebook page. Thank you so much for that. Also this week, I'm going to encourage you parents, whether you have kids in preschool, team kid, or youth, Every Wednesday, we put new content up. You can find that new content here at the Heights Facebook page or the Heights Baptist YouTube channel. And so make sure, parents, you're checking back with that. Great time to get involved with your kids and your youth as you do those studies together. Also this morning, if you have a prayer request, you can email the Facebook page Or you can text the word prayer to the number on your screen. And so if you will text prayer to 346. 244 5883. So if you have a prayer request, you can share it there on the Facebook page by messaging us or texting prayer to 346 244 5883. That's going to go to Pastor Jonathan. We will be happy to pray for you, follow up with you. Also, I'm going to encourage you this week to connect with someone. Pick up the phone, call somebody, check on a neighbor. Text someone... Email someone. Make sure someone that you know in your life is doing okay. Stay in touch with people within your life groups. And finally, I want to say thank you for giving. Your giving right now is making a difference. As a church, we are very much open. We are still doing ministries. We are still supporting church plants. We are still supporting missionaries literally around our world. And thank you for your faithful giving During these times, there are three ways that you can give. You can give online through the website, you can mail your tithe to the P.O. Box number you see here on the screen, or You can drop it by the office. Our office right now is only open Mondays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And you can drop it by the church office on Mondays and Thursdays from 9 to 1. And thank you so much for doing that. You are blessing others. Through your tithing next week is Palm Sunday and we're going to continue our series. Jesus is greater by talking about how Jesus is greater than our sin. So I look forward to worshiping with you again next Sunday. Have a great week. God bless.